Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Mercy Hall and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Just a few players left to go in the 50 most relevant. The number three player. Well, last year he was our number one player across all fantasy footy formats. And he looks primed to go again in 2020. Talking about Collingwood's superstar, Brody Grundy. To talk about him, I've got a Pies fan on board because it's much more fun talking about the players you support. i got Tim. Hello, buddy. G'day, how's it going? It's good, man. And it's a good day to be able to talk about Brody Grundy. Still just the 25 years old. And for a long time for fantasy coaches and now for Magpies fans, you'll be cheering him on. He is an absolute beast for us when it comes to fantasy footy. His best score last year in AFL fantasy came against the GWS Giants. It was a 181. While in Supercoach, it was 174 against the Western Bulldogs. In that format of Supercoach, his average, 130. Yeah. Not bad. And he's going to set you back just over 700000 in that format. While in AFL Fantasy, an average of around about 122. Uh, he's going to set you back just over 900000 in AFL Fantasy and a fraction under that in Dream Team. Tim, when we talk about Brody Grundy, we are really talking about the ultimate package, aren't we? He's dominant at the, the ruck contests. He's a mobile, aerobic beast who's able to get around the grounds and be an extra midfielder for Collingwood. And then he's got no problems getting down in the ground, getting dirty and putting on some pressure as well. He is the modern, not just modern midfielder, he is the complete modern ruckman. Absolutely, and um, you can basically see every year of his career he's gotten a little bit better at, you know, all the things incrementally too. He's pretty much improved the number of hitouts, the number of sort of hitouts to advantage. Mm. He's improved his ball winning. He's improved even like his shots for goal on the run are um, are even pretty impressive now for a midfielder, let alone a big man. So yeah. you're right. He um he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. I mean, there's obviously things that other people do better there's no one person who's the best at everything sure. but um all around he's um he's hard not to like as a uh, fantasy or as a regular football player yeah it's very true last season he led the league in total hitouts. he was seventh for contested possessions and eighth for clearances and then to top it off he was the highest scoring and top averaging player for us in fantasy footy last year he, he just didn't put a foot wrong last year like to be fair, if you started him, you probably would have felt at round one, at the conclusion of round one, going, okay, maybe, just maybe, I've spent a, a little bit too much here. Coming off that 84 in round one in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 81 in Supercoach, you're thinking, all right, maybe I haven't quite nailed this pick here, but look, outside of that, he didn't put a foot wrong for the whole year. AFL Fantasy last year, 17 tonnes. Of those 17, 11 of them he converted into 120-plus scores, while eight of his tons were a crazy 140-plus. So in addition to going 77% of the time, 100 or more, he dipped beneath 90 in just three matches and averaged 122. And like I said, for the first time ever, was the top-scoring AFL fantasy player for us last year. Not a bad year in that format. No, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. And... Um... It's you know remarkably similar to the year before as well. It's not like last year was a one-off or mm-hmm. unexpected. He was all those figures you mentioned. His um his scoring splits and his average and everything like that was remarkably similar to the year before. So not only does he uh, have form from last year on his side, but he's got consistency and uh, 
in scoring that really gives you a lot of confidence that it's not a flash in the pan and it's likely to continue. That's right. In, um, in Supercoach last year, he was even more dominant. That seasonal average of 130 was built around 18 tonnes, an insane 16 of them he converted into 120-plus scores. And additionally, eight of those tonnes were the monster 140-plus scores. So he turned up last year in 81% of game times, just a couple of scores under 90 all year. And when you do look at some of his numbers, you know, those huge frequencies of tons are there. But what you really want to see out of a guy that gets this many hundreds is a high ceiling, a consistent guy that's going to go 120 plus over and over again, let alone those 140 plus scores. But if you look at some of the most popular selections we're considering both in another Ruckman and three or four in the most popular midfielders, he easily towers them of that 120 plus scores based off last year's data. In AFL Fantasy, for an example, he had 11 scores of 120 plus. And then contrast that to Trelaw was 10, Dunkley was 9, Gorn was 9, McRae was 9, Nat 5 was 7, while in Supercoach, it's an even bigger gap between him and those names. 16 120-plus scores last year, where Fife is the closest with 12 outside of Gorn, who had 13. McRae was 11. Dunkley was 8. Trelaw was 7. Look, you could look between all these different premiums and others listed. He's far and above the most consistent 120-plus scorer we've got last year. Similar in 2018, as you've alluded to, he just doesn't stop scoring points. No, and there's a couple of points I'd put onto that. So the first one is that in his few games under 100 over the past two years in Supercoach, uh, three of them have come against Max Gorn. So, I mean, no surprise in that. But mm. basically, it sort of suggests that outside of playing Max Gorn, he's he's going a, like a, a decent score or if not a captaincy score in sort of 90-plus percent of his games, yeah. which is um, pretty ridiculous. And the thing that flows into that is if you look at his early draw this year, he plays in one of the first three matches of the round for all of the first seven weeks. Yep. So, you know, if you want basically a safe vice-captain score, you just sit him in, plug the vice-captain on him, and then if he gets one of those rare games where it's not a score you'll take, then you've got a free hit after that. Yeah. So it's, um, it's just like, it's... Oh, it's, uh, it just lays out very nicely for you. It's a hard sell to not pick him. By the way, um, next year, round 12 and round 21 are the two matches he comes up against Max Gorn as a reference point, so it's probably not those weeks to captain him. But you do bring up that unspoken benefit of starting him. Um, the first few matches in each round, in fact, inside the opening nine rounds this year, Collingwood play on either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Really crucial for us in the rolling lockout formats of Dream Team and Supercoach, meaning you get that secondary hit on the Sunday if you need to, should Grundy not score well for you. While in AFL Fantasy, it's round two and round four that they have that Thursday night clash and he becomes a genuine vice-captaincy loophole option. As a reference point on those two games in round two, he comes up against Richmond, probably a Nankervis and maybe Soldo combination. The other is up against a Steph Martin and maybe a big Oscar McInerney combination. So both, he, he's got good history against those clubs for the most part. So look, let, let's just call it how it is, isn't it? It's a very difficult case to build to not start Brody Grundy, isn't it? Can you see a reason, Tim, where you don't start him? I can't see a reason why I don't start him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but obviously, people will have their reasons. So, 
there's a few little things and to be honest with some players there are glaring things and some players there's lesser things so it's more nuanced so with Grundy the first is that Max Gorn yep. so if you're starting with Max Gorn you're probably not starting with Grundy as well so part of it is the buy round part of it is the price um, it's just really hard to put them both in your team at the same time so the second thing which is partly linked to that is probably his ownership percentage so I think Grundy is over 60% in all formats or it's thereabouts huge, yeah. which is ridiculous so part of that means that if you don't start with him it's really risky but it also means if you don't start with him it can be really rewarding so if you don't start Grundy and he has a low score early or the guy you start matches him in scoring for a lower price then that's a win and you've had a win over 60% of the whole competition so um, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to pull that off but it just sure. means that the chance is there to, to pull a benefit out of that uh, that's the thing is you when you look at trying to take Brody Grundy on or any big premium it's got to be what can I do with that additional money saved um, to maximize point scoring elsewhere and who's a player I believe that can go within the ballpark of scoring of him. Because um, I can't forecast. Looking at the Collingwood side right now, I know they've brought Cameron in from Sydney, but I can't see a world where um, they play, you know, split ruck roll even fairly. I, I think it's Cox and Cameron are fighting out for the same spot in my eyes, um, and they're going to be used in a very similar way, whichever of those players it is. So there's no real drastic change to the Collingwood structure, in my perspective, their game style, well, he's a midfielder as well as a player that can win the ball um, at the ruck hitouts and stoppages as well. I can't forecast such a drastic dip of points um, for Brody Grundy. And so the only reason I see you going is because you're convinced you can get him cheaper down the track. However, that there and thereabouts of that 900,000 in AFL Fantasy and in AFL Dream Team, and there and thereabouts, that 700,000 in Supercoach, that's a lot of money to chase down on the hope that you might get him 50, 60, 70,000 cheaper. Yeah, that's right. It's um, When you go for guys that expensive in whichever line it is, you always need to plan around it. And it's not always as simple as just one up, one down to yeah. get that. That's, that's that two or price. three, isn't it, to get there? Yeah, or it's sort of like a mid-pricer up and a rookie down. It's like it's you can't really get two rookies to uh, to a Brody Grundy and another rookie. It's um, if you're going to be able to do that, you're talking about a, a Michael Barlow sort of rookie, and then it's kind of the point where you know how much you're really gaining by doing that. So it's yeah, yeah it's almost like a three trade thing or a two and a half trade thing to get in someone like that. Um, and then you got to work out the timing as well and. Uh, what trades you don't get to make because oh, you're gosh. chasing that one down. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, you can't start with everyone, so you're going to have no. this issue whether... Some line you'll have this, in correct. A Grundy or a Gorn or a McRae or whoever, but um, and Grundy's the number one price uh, and hasn't really had a history of hiccups with scores or even games missed with injuries. Um, I mean, pretty much hasn't missed a game with injury in about six years. 2015, I think, was the last time he missed one through injury, so... About five years, so um, yeah. Look, I guess you'd be banking, betting against history a little bit, but uh, there's only one. The yeah, there's only one really small reason not to get him. And and to be fair, I think it's an AFL fantasy strategy only, because in Dream Team and Supercoach, it's about setting the platform up for the best possible year and owning the best scorers for the entirety of the year. And Brody Grundy's past two years suggest that. 
I think AFL Fantasy is the only form I'd even vaguely consider going not starting him in, and it's for this simple reason. He hasn't turned up in any format in the opening game of the year for the the past three seasons. In 2017, he played the Bulldogs. It was a 94 in Dream Team and an 82 in Supercoach. If you look then at his 2018 season, it was against the Hawks. 84 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 95 in Supercoach. Again, I'm I'm clutching at straws, but I'm trying to give you a reason. Um, And then last year against the Cats, it was an 80-odd score across the formats. Uh, in 2016, he was dropped for that first round. Oh, gosh, yeah. I think Bucks wants that time back again. So so that's the only real reason that I'd go, oh, maybe I'd try to go against him. And then I look at who they have in round one, and it's the Western Bulldogs, and I look at the scores he had against them, and I immediately decide to abandon that. Because last year, he got 153 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 160 in Supercoach. And then when he played them the second time, it was 168 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 174 in Supercoach. So I almost talk myself out of that thought process just based on purely who he's playing this time around. Yeah, it's like uh, it's pretty much going to be Team English and... Uh whoever his support cast is, isn't it? And, uh, I mean, he does look like he's going to be a good long-term Ruckman English, but yep. um, he's just not at Grundy's level just yet, not as yet. those last averages uh, suggest. Yeah. I, I, look, you know, looking at AFL Fantasy, look, it's about 80,000 more um, to get the starting combination of Nick, Nat and Jacobs um, over just Grundy on his own. So you are going to be paying for a little bit through there, but I don't know. I'm I'm just picking him everywhere, and maybe that's trying to be too conservative in AFL fantasy. And I maybe good on you if you want to be aggressive through that format points to you. But look for me, he's a captaincy option week in week out in AFL fantasy Thursday night games on the round two and the round four. You know he's got a good opposition over the first three or four weeks. I feel like it's getting too cute to go against him. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think look really the main one is if you really prefer to start Gorn over Grundy. Go for and, it. Um, obviously, you've got to be happy with uh, that Gorn's fully fit and firing, given his little knee mishap recently. Yep. But if you are with that, then um, that's probably the main reason I can think of that um, people would do it at the moment. Yeah, I think so too. Let's, uh, let's... Or, or if they wanted maybe two mid-price rucks. Or yeah, well, that's yeah. right. The Jacobs and Nick Nat combo is not a bad AFL fantasy pair. I, I think you could probably go for one of them in Supercoach and Dream Team if you don't want to back in the set and forget structure. But it's going to be interesting to see what people do that go against him. And if they need to chase him down, how quickly can they chase him down? And look, good on you if you want to have a crack. Let's talk about where he goes in drafts. Tim, I think he he seems to be, we've said it a few times now over the, the past few days as we've got towards the business end of the 50 most relevant. Brody Grundy seems to be the consensus number one across all draft formats. Is there any player in any format that if you had the number one pick, you'd choose other than Grundy? Uh, not unless something changes, I think. Right. Um, I mean, look, it's not to say he's going to end up being the best pick, but I think he's the safest bet to be one of the top picks. Yes. And, um, yeah, so in Supercoach, certainly Gorn could match his scoring, yep. if not beat it by a bit. You know, entirely possible. Um, it's just a little bit with the, uh, the injury niggle, I suppose, that puts people on Grundy over Gorn. Sure. Grundy doesn't miss games. Um, Gorn's had a propensity to do that a little bit. Who's the other big ones? McRae. Look, McRae's main weakness is that there are a lot of good midfielders. Yeah. And there's only really two standout rucks. There's a fair gap after the top two. Mm-hmm. 
Um, who's the other one? Whitfield. Whitfield. Whitfield's the only other one, isn't it? And even yeah, then, so Whit, Whitfield's gap's pretty big to the next forward. At least it was last year. Yep. Um, I think main thing with Whitfield is that he was a higher scorer last year than he has been previously, whereas Grundy's done it for. Is, yeah, he's done years two years now. And, and a couple in Supercoach. Um, and the second thing is, Whitfield had an ankle reconstruction over the off season. Um, in the off-season. And look, I don't know if that's going to affect him much. It doesn't sound like it'll affect him. He's in full training one, at the it, moment, yeah. Yeah, it's probably just cost him about six weeks of running, I would guess. So he's pretty fit. Does it affect him? Maybe not. But Brody Gundy, to my knowledge, didn't have an ankle reconstruction. So it's just something extra that... Puts me on Grundy ahead of him if I have pick one. Yeah, look, I, I think about Whitfield for a moment in AFL fantasy formats, and then I still pick Grundy. Grundy. I think about Gorn, and then I look at the preseason, and I go, no, Grundy for me. I, I think he is. If you got pick one this year, it might not be the top pick for the year, but I think it's the safest number one selection you're going to have, and that is Brody Grundy. Hey, Tim, appreciate your thoughts today on uh, one of your favourites. No worries. It's a pleasure and getting close to the uh, the end of the countdown. Yeah, just two players left to go in the 50 most relevant. One should be bleedingly obvious. To be fair, both of them should be, but one definitely. You're going to have picked it. However, the order, that will be the thing that will be something for discussion. If you want to go and check out the article on Brody, you can go and check that out at coachespanel.tv. All the other players revealed in the 50 most relevant, you can find them there. If you've loved these podcasts so far, make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. It helps others be able to find and enjoy what you found in the coaches panel in 2020. And then if you want access to some exclusive content, we've got some cash leagues happening and some cash draft leagues. Uh, you can join our Patreon army, support the coaches panel for the great work you've had so far in 2020 and get some extra benefits for doing it as well. All the links for our Patreon army, those can be found too at coachespanel.tv. Tomorrow it's the number two player in the 50 most relevant.